if I answered the question honestly, at the time, even though I was a Bitcoin holder in 2017, or kind of small Bitcoin holder in 2017, I thought it was one plausible path to the other side. Um, and now I think it's the only plausible path to the other side. This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk finance, and we talk shit. Ladies and gents, welcome back in to the BCB Podcast. This week, Josh and myself, Dan, sat down with one of the wisest and most balanced voices in Bitcoin and beyond. Mr. Jeff Booth. Jeff's background is overwhelmingly impressive and robust. He built a half a billion dollar business, Build Direct, from the ground up, and he's worked at the forefront of technology change for 20 years. Jeff is the author of well-known book, The Price of Tomorrow, and among many other things, he's a general partner at Bitcoin venture fund Ego Death Capital. Jeff's profound insights are a slow, deep burn. If you haven't already, you simply must dig into his ideas. At the core of Jeff's thesis is the realization that the world and our species are overwhelmed by exponentially growing technologies that are, on a zoomed out time frame, massively deflationary. In other words, growth in technology gives us more for less. Meanwhile, we have a flimsy, heavily centralized monetary system built on debt and credit that insists on inflation and growth to remain intact. The collision of these two aforementioned realities is a powder keg for trouble. And in Jeff's view, our species is in desperate need of a monetary upgrade in the digital age. In his view, it's becoming increasingly obvious that next step is Bitcoin. We just brushed the surface of these ideas, but gosh, was it a pleasure to probe Jeff's brain for the second time on this show. On another note, we got a cool as hell email this week from the Node Runners out of the Netherlands. This is a group of ardent Bitcoiners that regularly tune into BCB. Peace, love, and thanks to the Node Runners. Check out their gear and lists of tutorials and resources at noderunners.network. We appreciate you folks listening. The Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast is powered by arguably the most legendary company in Bitcoin, CoinKite. Use promo code BCB for 5% off select purchases, including the cold card, at coinkite.com. Established block 141,000, CoinKite is an industry leader in security and hardware manufacturing. They are producers of the renowned cold card, the world's most trusted and secure Bitcoin signing device or hardware wallet. It's built with a plethora of features fit for Bitcoin beginners all the way up to the most advanced of users. This device is a one-stop shop for your Bitcoin custody needs. CoinKite also manufactures the Block Lock, a gorgeous e-ink digital art display piece sitting in the background of every serious Bitcoiner on planet Earth. Block Clock can be programmed to scroll through key Bitcoin metrics including price, hash rate, the next halving date, and much more. CoinKite are also the makers of the Open Dime, a small USB stick that allows you to spend Bitcoin like a dollar bill, passing it along multiple times. Check out CoinKite's entire suite of products at CoinKite.com. Without any further ado, enjoy this chat with the Canadian guru, Jeff Booth. All views and language expressed by the hosts and guests in this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. Do not treat any of the content in this podcast as investment advice or as an inducement to follow a particular strategy. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Jeff, welcome. 
great to have you back. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me back on. I've got something to tell you guys. I'm, I feel fortunate to be here today because I had the Rona this weekend, and uh, it was rough on Friday, man. I had to binge watch Breaking Bad in between <laughs> taking naps for like 12 hours straight that I, I slept all night, then did that again for day two, and poof, I feel great suddenly. I'm just Breaking Bad napping, and here I am sitting with you two gentlemen, feeling like the luckiest guy in the world. <laughs> and uh, Jeff, I am aware that you're going to have to take this to the Canadian Ministry of Truth and Health to clear yourself after having a virtual conference with somebody that was Corona positive. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I don't have to have a mask on. Yeah, put on your <laughs> oh, cyber I should, mask. I should put on my mask. Hold on. Yeah. Jeez Louise, get Josh getting COVID and getting a couple weeks off free of work. Dream come true. Oh, it's only five days now, man. They, they're cutting us short. A lot of uh, aerospace engineering, nerding out, um, podcast books, and I hate to say it, Jeff, but probably a bottle of lotion somewhere nearby as well. You know what I'm mm. saying? <laughs> no, you can't pin me down on that one. Jeff, how are you? Really great, thanks. What makes you really great? Give us a little life update. It's been a while since we've, we've chatted. What's going on, Bitcoin or non-Bitcoin in your life? Uh, still, still busy, uh, busy across uh, different companies. Uh, I think different companies are experiencing different pain right now because of uh, because of the credit uh, crisis. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm just I'm able to have a lot of my own time. Uh, I just the and and that time uh, we're going to travel again this year as a family. Uh, we're going to travel the world again this year as a tra- uh, family and and work from the road. So it's uh, what's not to love. Incredible. What what place are you most excited about visiting in 2023? Oh, I never know until I'm there, and I, I never and and then when somebody asks after the fact, what's your favorite place? You like them all for different reasons. So it's it's really really hard to pin that down. What what surprised you this year? Loved Portugal, uh, loved Portugal, loved Madeira. Uh, that was a that, uh, we'd been to, we'd been to Spain, Italy before. This time we went into Sicily, which was really different. Um, but uh, but really uh, really we spent a, just over a month in Portugal, and and then I went back, uh, and and really loved that. Before we move off from companies having a hard time, did you guys hear about the CFO from Bed Bath and Beyond? What happened to him? Yep. He jumped he jumped out of a 12-story balcony in New York because mm. I mean, obviously things are going really sideways for them, but I mean, things are really really tough out there. I mean, when you hear about stuff like that going on. It's a healthy reminder to all of us that these are you know, intellectually fulfilling topics to explore and interesting, but they have very profound and meaningful implications for our species. And they're, you, you guys see, uh, Josh and Dan, you guys see that in your work. Right? Oh, yeah. You see the anxiety yeah. ratcheting up and in, 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 um, in, in your work all the, uh, all the time. The, uh, these, what's going on in the world has profound implications to, to um, and what I would say to that specific point when you're in that mode, it's really hard for you to see abundance and when you see kind of all the alternative paths for you. It's easy to get so locked into the path you're in mm. and stay and stay there. And as a result, that fear fear holds you back from seeing everything uh, everything that's possible. But uh, I, I see it in businesses where 
people uh, they they get stuck into a wall they get backed into a wall and and they actually they they make it the, the, every decision from there makes it worse for them because they fail to see the opportunities and and well each person thinks they're immune to it um, they're not immune to it. Boards get trapped into it. Everybody, it just feeds back on itself. That fe- that fear is paralyzing. Yeah, I mean, it. We we've talked about this quite a bit on this show, but um, what our species has undergone the last few years, whether it makes sense or not, and, and whatever your opinion is on that, people have been dramatically isolated, and and that has implications and. It's hard. We have a tiny sample size. We're, you know, firefighter paramedics in one medium-sized municipality. But I think most of the the people that work at our department would agree that uh, anxiety and fear have accelerated quite a bit in the last in the last couple of years, for sure. And I think a lot of that's just a function of people being more separated from community. And it's a good yeah. reminder to all of us, like get out of isolation if all you do is sit behind a computer all day and and you're never around people in the flesh like get plugged in somewhere whatever that is and and do face to face and have accountability and build strong relationships because uh that's what gives us a lot of balance yeah we see we see people all the time that are so holed up they don't even have a single friend or family and that's just extremely detrimental for human nature you need to have someone to to you know just bounce the day's events off of or have some just some outreach to some outsiders otherwise you just literally go insane yeah. i think the russians proved that by putting people in a capsule for like two months and they will kill each other yeah the, 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 the real value in life isn't wealth it's relationships mm. well said amen to that amen to that all right as we get into some of the meat and potatoes here this is sort of where i want to start um we both read The Price of Tomorrow a while ago now, uh, closer to when it came out. And a lot's changed in the world since you wrote it. I know some has changed in terms of you getting pl- more plugged into the Bitcoin community since you wrote it. I think the word Bitcoin appeared maybe once in the book. <laughs> and then you kind of, you've obviously followed it up with a, a ton of work, time, and energy. What has, what has changed the most in your mind, either in the world or, or in your worldview since you wrote the book like what what's the biggest addition in your in your own head since this book was published um well the thesis and nothing i wrote in the book isn't coming true yes right? so so ev- ev- everything is playing out exactly as as predicted uh, the the in fact when i talked about how much more printing needed to come then it was it, it was an exponential path trying to offset the path of of technology you uh, there was a paragraph that i put in there that you could essentially predict how much printing had to come and you still can yeah i Um, think i recall in the book you mentioned the fed's balance sheet was at four trillion so uh quite a bit's happened since that point the only thing that's changed it seems is the excuse for the printing nick now the printing is to prevent inflation right yeah and so (laughs) so all of these things um are just you can see all the next steps laying out if, but if I do, if I answered the question honestly, at the time, even though I was a Bitcoin holder in 2017, or kind of small Bitcoin holder in 2017, um, I thought it was one plausible path to the other side. Um, and now I think it's the only plausible path to the other side. I'm not saying that there aren't other things that are going to be tried. I'm not saying that there's not going to be a lot of 
more FUD and different things that are going to switch or uh, change around that could for a time make that look like it's not going to happen. Uh, but, but I see in the end, it's the only path. What are the other alternatives that you can think of that could be positioned as this is the, this is the proper way we should uh, undertake this change instead of Bitcoin? How, what do you visualize well, there? Well, so all the others, every other one is a top-down structure that that imposes something on on people. Every 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 mm -hmm. uh, every. So let's let's use gold for for uh, Luke would talk about gold as a potential path forward, and you reprice and you reprice gold. Um, and and let's say let's so for that to happen, you have to trust. Russia, China, and the U.S. to agree who has how much, and Germany to degree agree who has how much gold. Trust that they're not going to break rules and reprice together. And that and 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 so those nations would have to agree to that or or force or create game theory to create that to to happen and 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 force that to happen. And then that would create every other nation an advantage for them to essentially a repricing of all other nations that would create every other nation to say wait why are we doing this and so so it is one path, potential path i don't know if it's logical in the end that it actually happened i, I, I think it might be tried but i don't I, I think ultimately that fails as a result of uh, of not everyone will go along with it is one thing this makes me think of Jeff. So if we're, if we're gaming on, okay, let's say Bitcoin's not the answer and we move back to a gold standard of sorts. Well, monetary history has shown us that gold basically doesn't hold up to the 21st century is one way of putting it. Like yep. monetary velocity needs of the 21st century are not met by a yellow metal. And that is then inherently centralizing. And you could say debt producing, right? Because as these gold, as even if gold is at the base, you're you're moving towards a centralized ledger-based system, which we've seen to. over time leads to leads to credit and debt beyond what you could say would be natural, right? What this makes me think of and where I'm going is you had a quote at the the Bitcoin 2022 conference. It was sort of my standout quote. We've we've tweeted it a couple times where you basically explained that Bitcoin is a form of money that has hardness but also allows for velocity of money in a system that's not backed by debt i'm going to give you the floor why don't you unpack that statement a little more and why the implications of that are so profound yeah and and, and if you just go back to the uh just original thesis and say is technology deflationary um or is technology does technology produce productivity and is that productivity deflationary um there there still isn't anybody that questions that thesis Right. Yet they go directly to the next thing. We must live in inflationary monetary policy, <laughs> which which is at odds at that, with that. So just out of that, what I just said there, you could look back at the long arc of history, and you could say, say why are those two things at odds, and what ends up happening with those two things at odds, and you could look even back to Roman times with those two things at odds and technology moving more slowly. What that would mean is, uh, is the currency would fail more slowly. 
but it would so it would fail over 600 years instead of over 100 years or 50 years and then you advance and technology moves faster and faster and currencies start failing every 200 years and then they fail every 100 years and today they fail every 50 years um, or even the US dollar failed in 1971 um, and and then the petrol reserve dollar is failing now and and that's uh, and that's all because technology is moving faster and faster on one on one side and we've lived in a monetary regime always that we had to have a centralizing function around gold that then creates an incentive incentive for banks to to first lend out have, have if you lent out gold one for one you can't make any money so you lend you you put, apply leverage and that leverage over time explodes to a point where where politicians don't want to let this system fail and by the way it's not just politicians it's us our human nature yes. would vote for politicians who would tell us we can get something for nothing so they they get to a point where we are in the cycle today where they'll print and they'll debase a currency because it's the least worst option in their minds but that mm -hmm. least worst option takes humanity to a path of war and a reset and so that's what if you just look through history that's what always happens and right. if i unpacked what i what i what i just said there and a lot of people are looking at bitcoin just as a uh, at the kind of protocol level at bitcoin only the reserve current or the kind of the asset and and they don't see what's happening on top of lightning that that creates a peer-to-peer -peer transaction network through technology that offers unlimited velocity of money and that unlimited velocity and money on a bearer instrument that is that is secure and and decentralized means means you don't have to recreate a debt-based system that constantly goes through those failings every before 600 years now now 50 years you don't have to do that you can build a new system backed by technology and proof of proof of work that that change it literally changes everything i know we're going to get into to something but our existing system that we measure everything by and our history as a human species looking back at, at all of the other examples can't see this because they're looking at past at prior work that didn't have this velocity of money into a bearer instrument that didn't so our old systems needed to create debt and that debt uh, was subject to human nature um, which we are all subject to which constantly made uh, made the system worse and worse and more and more un unstable as the system went on until it broke this cha this changes this changes that paradigm forever yeah I want to play devil's advocate just for a moment um, because gold does seem like the most logical thing, as you mentioned, besides Bitcoin. And because gold is already owned by the largest states that you mentioned, China, Germany, Russia, they all have a stake in that game. They already and clearly they prefer centralized power. They don't want to relieve mm -hmm. power in any capacity if they can have any say so. So those two points on like gold is already owned by them and it centralizes power, which is a benefit to them. Um, Bitcoin currently, I mean, maybe small portions of it are owned by states. We don't really know exactly, but certainly not anywhere near as much as the gold is. Yeah. And Bitcoin is generally not easy to, to centralize. Um, so given those facts, 
and then looking at it through the maybe the position of somebody at the the Fed or somebody at the Treasury who wants to remain in power, um, what kind of events do you think would have to happen in order for gold to? And I understand the technological side, but believe me, and I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm just trying to take the counter opposite argument by somebody who says they're not going to relieve this power, and they're they're definitely not going to allow it to be decentralized. How would you approach that argument? Yeah, and and, and one of the things I think is really important um, in all of these conversations is every time somebody says they, who are they? Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who specifically? Yeah, exactly. Who specifically are they and 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 how can they do this? Because we give them control. Yeah. With all of we we choose. We so are if they. We, choose, we are they. <laughs> right. And well, and, we are them when we're Canadian truckers and, you know, even what you just said about the Canadian truckers and you know how involved I was in the kind of and I was involved in it for the right for free speech. That's why I was involved. Absolutely. Involved. And that's why we were all proponents of it. Um, and, and, and what most people don't, re- don't realize is that spread all around the world and everybody and, and what it made Canada look like, but uh, what Trudeau looked like all around the world. It quite, it, it, you did more for Bitcoin. He did more for Bitcoin adoption than any other leader ever has. Um, besides El Salvador, but he did a lot for Bitcoin adoption. And somebody in Oslo came up to me and said, "What you did saved countless lives in uh, in the Ukraine." And I what? And 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 it, so it, it blew because I I faced the blowback of that here, but that and and that kind of broke my brain in in the Ukraine. And I said, "What do you mean?" She and she said. We, when all the banks closed, we had uh, we had a, a perfect prototype to be able to get uh, safety equipment, vests, hard hats out to the field, and, and medical supplies out to the field, and there was no stoppage. It literally happened happened that day because we copied everything you did, and we only knew to start looking at that solution because of the media attention about the truckers. So, um, so that that actually accelerates adoption everywhere and you'd never know that butterfly effect of something happening over here mm-hmm. changes minds somewhere somewhere else there were two at least in my mind from my lens there were two events in the last year that i think will stand out when we look back in terms of being sort of billboards for the bitcoin use case one was what happened in canada and most surprising because it's canada you know what I mean? If you hear about that in totally. some, you know, autocratic South American country, it's it, it hits completely different. But the fact that unilaterally taking control of bank accounts overnight of retroactively, ret- retroactively changing the rules and going back to people retroactively. Yep. So that was sort of like one domestic example, right, where the it was kind of flashing orange B. The other one was more of an international banking example of the United States freezing Russian FX reserves like. That was on the we we saw it at the domestic level, and then this is sort of the sovereign international level. Just yeah. the the overwhelming need that is going to arise in the future by both good and bad bad actors for a neutral reserve asset that can be self custodied that isn't at the whim of centralized policymakers. Well, what you're what you're saying right now is the thing that Josh is actually saying as well, 
And so more, even Putin's speech recently effectively said that, right? And now, now as people are agreeing, and so now everybody is waking up to, to the fact that a fiat currency like this can't work um, and what it does. And, and, and more and more people are waking up to, to the fact that, that capital, capitalism and communism under printed money are the exact same construct. They don't have a vote in a free society. Um, if if seventy percent of the income comes from printed money, right? Yeah. They don't have a they don't have a vote in inflation, and and so the taxes and politics is just theater on who gets to be on top and print the money. So more and more people are waking up to that fact all over the world. So and that and that accelerates more and more people looking for a solution. They look for a solution. Some of the uh, many of them are going to start holding Bitcoin, many of them, and, 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 and some are going to kind of rally around, should it be gold, should it be, should it be raw materials, how are we going to price, uh, uh, price something. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, just, there's going to be a lot of head fakes in the next, in, uh, in the next little while. The system is getting very, is, is continuing to get uns more and more unstable. And, and people want to point to the one event that created the instability. And it's not one event. It's, it, it, it's a multitude of events. Decades of events. Yeah. The two of you guys, I'm sure, have seen this in the last few days. Did you see that this, I don't remember the guy's title from Russia, but they closed Nord Stream and they yeah. said there was a leak initially. And now they're saying this is literally a tit for tat for weaponizing the financial system. And that is a hell of a statement to just make overtly. How do you, well, how do you see this playing out from here? Like this, this is kind of an escalating economic war that um, doesn't seem to be ending soon. How do you think Europe's going to, they, they're going to have to relent for this winter, I'm imagining. Yeah, Josh, and, and Dan, you, you know the, the, the uh, chapter in my book, Us Versus Them, right? And, and how, how, what would happen if you had a had if you had essentially a fraud at the base layer of currency all over the world and the, and the world was moving faster and faster te technology why I wrote us versus them is you could see what would happen throughout society and there and society is sitting through that mis misinformation and they're really confused um, in I don't know if you've read that piece that I recently put out finding signal in a noisy world have I have not yet. I'll check it out. <laughs> so you should read that and, uh, and post it in the show notes. It's really important. So, so I, and I talked about why Bitcoin, uh, why, why people misunderstand it because people misunderstand protocols. Protocols are really hard to understand because they develop in layers. And, and if you lived in a system where all money is, is information, right? It, 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 and, and you actually don't want more money. And I can prove it to you, because if you wanted more money, a Venezuelan bolivar would be equal to a U.S. dollar. You you want more of what you believe money will buy you. What you believe money will buy you is status, hope for your family, a vacation, um, a whole bunch of things. That's why that that's what that's what money is. So when you have when you have in money which is just information, and then you apply misinformation to money. 
the world is looking through that misinformation. And every single person in the world looking through that misinformation thinks they have perfect information and they're in their own silo. Mm. Thinking everybody else is insane because they have imperfect information. But not, a, and you could you could argue, argue that you could argue us us too because we're looking through the misinformation as well. For sure, we are looking through the misinformation. We, I mean, any, anybody is. that doesn't think that, that that thinks their lens on this on anything is perfect is off base. We yeah. have to because money is only information, and when you manipulate money, it it, it amplifies misinformation. If you manipulate money and misinformation and you automate that misinformation through Twitter, Facebook, everything else, what do you think happens? <laughs> you have an engineering problem <laughs> that creates, I, I used to say that to technology companies, don't automate shit, right? It just creates faster shit. Um, <laughs> create the, fix the process first and then automate. And this is the, the so we have a broken process um, in, in money, we have misinformation in money, and we're amplifying it throughout society. And, and, and people wonder, why are people confused? And it's really easy to see why people are confused, because in, uh, that misinformation is carrying around, around in the world. And now you have a different system that as people are becoming confused, more and more people are opting out and moving into the new system. And as those people, as those people start to what you're doing on this podcast, what others are doing on the podcast, and 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 questioning that misinformation, is bringing more and more people onto something true. Nothing, everything that we're saying can be audited, right? Bitcoin's open source; it's decentralized, it's secure. In in my piece, I talk about why that's so important, um, and then what happens on top of that. But everything that I that I that I put that put out there, you could audit for yourself. You can, uh, you, and so you have something that is based on truth, hope, and abundance, better future on one side, and you have something that's based on more and more misinformation, a political class um, that is essentially stealing from you at a greater and greater rate on the other side and amplifying more misinformation. My hope is so that we can avoid the worst of what's coming. My hope is that more and more people, the amplification of the misinformation amplifies the truth. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like the the stinkier it gets, the more people recognize that their nose is in a diaper. But even saying, even saying what I just said, um, if we go back to the beginning where we were talking about fear, when people are in a state of fear, they're easily able to be manipulated. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, so they don't they don't come up out of the fear to look at what all their options. They stay in the fear. And so, so, so when I say it's my hope that that emergent system is 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 moving and more and more people see see that, um, the I do realize that if you can't pay your bills and your energy bills just went up by five times and you, and you're going to lose your business and your family and everything else. Um, and somebody says, go buy Bitcoin and you have no idea you're, you're like, you're likely to believe the status quo. You're likely to believe the person who says, I'm going to give you more free money. Yeah. And it's that, it's it's that other person's fault. So, so, and that connects all the way back to saying we create the system. Right? Yeah. More and more people understand the, the system change and, and want truth, hope, a better future. 
more and more people will move over and 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 hopefully build a bridge for others to move over to as well it does feel like you know you're talking about people sort of smelling the shit more than they have before it does seem that even these topics have entered the public consciousness in a brand new way in the last say three to four years your average individual and i'm not saying everybody meets this criteria but is more aware of the fed fiat currency inflation right you have you know poignant examples of stuff just showing up in your bank account and it it, talk of trillion dollar coins you know these sorts of touch points that get the wheels spinning for people about just how artificial and fragile everything is it's not the case for everybody but i think a lot of people have more introductory uh, events or themes than they have in the past to begin exploring what's actually going on underneath the surface yeah, if we, uh, it, it, but if we go back to, to it, what keeps me honest on this, um, on on how far it, kind of in front of this we are, is seeing my friend group. I have a really broad, wide friend group um, a, a, across the spectrum, and to say that they understand what's happening uh, wouldn't be would, fair. Would, wouldn't be fair. They're not even close. And remember, and many of them have read my book. Any of the, you'd think that these people, and when I say friends, they're really close friends. And yes, some of them have a Bitcoin, some of them moved over. But to say that they know how important this is and what this looks like, wouldn't be wouldn't be fair at all. Um, so so again, what what makes me realize where we are in this cycle and how early we are in this cycle is seeing what the general public look at. Um, and, and and are seeing they're not listening to your po- they're not listening to this podcast, and and we need to make sure we need need to make sure that these types of things move out into a general audience, rather than get reinforced into into a small group of people. Mm. Um, one thing I I do want you to touch on because it comes through in the price of tomorrow is just the how dramatic wealth inequality is. Can you walk us through why an inherently fragile fiat, overly credit-based system has led to increased inequality in your mind, and 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 maybe how that impacts, say, a middle-class firefighter? Yeah, um, the and the best way to do it is through that monopoly board example that I uh, that, that I've often given. But if you had a, have, if you play a game of monopoly. And you move around the board. It's you can say luck and timing determine determine how you do early in that board. Because on that board, if you collect some of the houses early, and you get around the board without landing on other uh, other others, um, then you have a have an advantage that reinforces on itself. And what happens up happening on the other side is somebody has a disadvantage that ends up reinforcing on, on themselves. Now, in that game, as as you're going around the board, um, you're making more and more money. Somebody else is just hanging on. And what would happen in that game is if if they got around to the board, uh, board and it would pass and go, and they couldn't hang on anymore, um, normally the game would end, or somebody would kick over the game board. Right and super super frustrated, but what would happen if that game couldn't end? Yeah, it wasn't allowed to end, and and instead of going around the game board, you couldn't pay for your 
groceries and housing anymore and somebody said, oh, I'm going to give you $300 instead of $200, all the asset prices would just move up in lockstep and they wouldn't be able to get around the board. And then, what, and then oh, I'm going to give you $400, so all the asset prices would just move up and they wouldn't get around, around the board. And that would keep happening. And what, what, what that really is, is slavery. Somebody is picking, the, picking your pocket, pretending they're giving you money, more money and actually giving you less money. Because way, inflation is wage deflation. It is one and the same thing. Mm. Um, that in inflation, it means your real wages are going down and you can't keep up to the board game. So if, if you're on top of that board game and you control all the assets, it's a really great, just a really great game for you. If you're on the bottom of that board game or in the middle of that board, it's a terrible game for you. So, and, and it's unsolvable from the existing political system. It's a structural problem um, that, that requires more and more easing. Um, or you have an entire credit uh, credit system failure that collapses. Jeff, what we've been talking about is pretty somber, to be honest with you. And I was thinking maybe we can bring this a little more up key and try to think of some ways that this could actually turn out to be, I mean, things might actually go great. We might actually see things improve marginally from here, if not magnificently. And a couple of them that come to mind for me, and I want to bounce these off you to see what you think, seems most likely would be like artificial intelligence, basically, you know, improving productivity massively. And I'm sure that could be taken as people lose their jobs, but it's also people are going to get things done for massively cheaper. So there's kind of a give and take there. And then maybe, you know, politicians pull their heads out of their asses and we produce nuclear power plants all over the world um, or, you know, figure out fusion. Um, any other ways or what, how do you see things potentially going really well from here? So, so the irony in this is, this is a mindset from an inflationary monetary policy that is directly at odds with what you just said. And here's what it is. Here's what's happening in in Bitcoin overall. At a, but I need to think. You need to think about this at protocol level instead of a company level. But I'm going to use use an example at a company level. If you're in Sears for 15 years, things are going really bad. Jump out if of you're the building. If you're in Amazon, it's going really well. What side of that coin you're on matters a lot for your perception of what's happening in the world. Same world, two different outcomes, depending on what side that you're on. If you're living in the fiat-based system and you're thinking, you're measuring everything else in the fiat-based system, you're Sears. If you're, and, and if you're in Bitcoin, you're going to see a really positive outcome for the, the world and it's going to get more and more positive. Mm. That's, that's really what's happening. Um, it, but it's, a, it's way bigger than Sears Amazon because it's a protocol level affecting everything else. But now I need to connect what you just said and, and make this <laughs> real because some people get this piece when I, when I wrote the book. Most people don't. When you say that productivity creates opportunity, drastic price declines. And we get to, we, we, um, when you say that, what you're actually saying from the existing fiat system is means those price declines must be offset with more printing. They must be, yeah. which creates the problem. So, so what you're actually saying is all of the things you want to create abundance can't create abundance 
with uh, in our existing system because it has to be captured by the by the entitled class who chooses for us. That's what that's what you're saying. In a free market, a free market, those prices are supposed to fall. As labor comes out of the market, that as as if 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 you think about labor being kind of one one piece of that productivity equation, we got better and better and better. And now, if you think about you're going to replace, you use artificial. I, I saw one of the questions on your uh, on, on your post. It talked about which technologies, and and just like Bitcoin itself was a bunch of different technologies that came together with uh, the, the, the 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 ten minute window, right? The uh, uh, so so the adjustment mechanism. Um, that created Bitcoin. People people look at technologies individually instead of what happens together, and those things that come together mm. create different things. So if you look at uh, Palm Pilot versus iPhone, a lot of the mm -hmm. same technology, and it came to but iPhone came together at a different time that produced something totally new. Um, and so so now take artificial intelligence and robotics. And you could say artificial general intelligence, and you could take artificial intelligence where we are right now, where we are right now. Most call center jobs are gone. Mm. You might not care in, in the US, but, but in the Philippines and India, they'll care a lot. So most of those are, are gone. What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And then people think about these things as a light switch. One day we have artificial general intelligence. We're good to that point. And then it cha everything changes. And they get scared. Oh, it's wait in the future instead of a trend that is supposed to make our product make prices fall the entire trend all the way there. So now let's connect that and say artificial general intelligence is smarter than all of us at all things. One day you could say it's a hundred years, fifty years, twenty years, but it's one day. It's going to be uh, one day. It's going to be there on a trend and robotics. Every single form factor that you could think of, not just what you see today in, uh, in, in Boston Robotics, dogs, and uh, every single form factor that you can think of, micro, nanobots, every single form fa for factor you could think of, and artificial intelligence merge. What jobs are protected? What jobs are we better at? None. Very and few. I, and, 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 and white collar is squarely in the crosshairs as well. That's what's again, happening as we're going exponential here is you could say blue collar's gotten phased out, but it's, it's, it's coming for everything. Everything. And, and so shouldn't we, shouldn't the tools that give us abundance give us abundance instead of transfer that power to a very few who control us? That's the point. The whole point is the, the our ideas that we create we build on top of and build on top of and top and that those ideas create more and more productivity that explodes in the world and um, and that productivity is supposed to reduce prices and today it's supposed to reduce prices at a faster rate than it, than it did 50 years ago and 100 years ago and that faster faster rate is being offset by a faster rate of monetary easing yeah we want firefighter robots, Jeff, and we will just come wake surf with you all day. That's the, <laughs> awesome. that's the plan. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I think it's worth a time out here for someone in the audience that hasn't read your book and is sitting here wondering, 
why can't they allow this to happen? I think we need to wrap this together. It just comes down to debt loads, essentially, when debt and credit have expanded to this point. And it makes me think of Foss sent a tweet recently, and then James Lavish and, and Pish talked about it um, last week. But let's just take the U.S. to, to work through this. Tax receipts at $4.8 trillion. Entitlements are currently at $2.8 trillion out the door. You got defense spending at close to a trillion. Interest payments currently around $400 billion. You add in any other discretionary spending, what this spells is deficits galore. And when you look at debt loads, if we allow money to get more expensive, right, and prices to come down, the natural course of technological innovation, today's sovereign debt loads, not even to mention private sector included, are unsustainable. Like there's an absolute snap in the system. There's widespread default, however that manifests. Where I want to go with this is the transition. I've just kind of spelled out the math of why it's ugly if you embrace this, right, in a way. What are what, what does this transition look like? You said earlier in the episode that you used to think Bitcoin was one of the possible solutions. Now you think it's the possible solution. How do we transition from this level of debt to an inelastic hard money at the base of everything and how much pain is there in between? So, so that's why the system can't do it from the system. No matter who you are in the system, it doesn't it doesn't functionally work because because the debt would cause a if the Fed keeps tightening, it just they cannot keep tightening. If the Fed kept tightening, um, and 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 it's not just interest rates. Backdoor, there'll be a whole bunch of loosening while they have interest rates going up. But if they actually tight if they actually tightened, um, and kept tight, tightening, you would cause um, a complete credit collapse of the entire system globally. The U.S. dollar would race high, race higher all over the world. That would put other countries who owed U.S. dollars um, uh, um, uh, to be able to pay their pay, pay their debts um, in default. Um, and it would it would race around the world, and the U.S. dollar would be the last to fail. Um, but but that would uh, that means every bank would fail. That mean every and so if you just if you just because what people think is money is a credit instrument, and if credit collapses, that counterparty risk explodes through the system, and it just keeps on unwinding. And and why why you could say just go back to that thesis in the book that says you know, an offsetting amount of no matter when it comes, it has to mathematically be that much more. <laughs> right. It, it, it has it, it has it has to come. So so you have you have two bad choices, two really bad choices. You can let the system collapse, and and now that that choice is getting actually worse because you could either let the uh, system collapse. Or you could print into it, and energy prices are going to explode. And you're going to give, by energy prices exploding, your your geopolitical rivals um, more power. Um, and 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 so 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 now, the U.S. is kind of forced to 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 essentially cause a demand destruction to try to get energy prices down. But that demand destruction will eventually create will will create a cascading debt uh, debt collapse, which yep. they're going down. This is I lo- Groman was on last week talking about. Hey, folks, we had an everything bubble, and it included tax receipts. You know what I mean? Back back yeah. to the 
I gave some numbers a second ago. Yeah, well, they're expecting 4.8 trillion coming in. If you let the the system unwind and you destroy demand, guess what's not coming in? 4.8 trillion. It just makes the. This is where the catch 22, the rock in a hard place, really comes into play. Because Here, this is important. I'm gonna so so people could look it up. But in 1987, there was. Uh, uh, can't remember the the three physicists. I, I talked about it a bit. Block boom. It's called the sand pile game, and and it's how it's chaos theory and and how how systems operate. And this is probably a really important thing for people who are thinking about Bitcoin, what this looks like, how what the existing system looks like, and trying to time the events of the existing system. And in that sand pile uh, game, what you do is imagine sand on a table. And, and an arm going around and dropping one grain of sand at a time. And, and what they found from that is you could never tell, millions of tries, you could never tell what grain of sand caused the, the cascading collapse or the collapse. So things reached a critical state. Critical state is important in physics. Water to ice is a critical state. And, and critical state on an avalanche is one, one grain of sand cascades uh, cascades the the, uh, the sand pile so sometimes a hundred thousand pieces of grains of sand sometimes five grains of sand as those grains of sand so then they then they ran it they created a computer model to do the same thing ran it over and over and over again and they created it and what they did is they <coughs> um, color-coded stable states green and, and critical states or nearly critical states uh, red. And so what you'd have over time is this thing evolving and hitting critical states in different places and you'd have a, have a small avalanche of, of sand. But what they, what they saw through the computer program is the fingers of instability as you kept doing it raced throughout the sand pile. And, and what that meant is one grain of sand in the right spot could cascade the entire thing down to the ground. If you look through, and, and what it says in nonlinear systems, trying to predict the grain of sand is impossible. But everybody mm. thinks they can predict the grain of sand. Yeah. And, and, and what that also means is A plus B equals C. In retrospect, everyone will say, yeah, exactly. grain of sand. There will be the one guy <laughs> who picked that e one by random. <laughs> right. It yeah. could have been all of the, it could have been any one of them. And what today our entire economic system globally is that sand pile game. It's a nonlinear system reaching a critical state glo globally. And there's tons of different events that are going to uh, change it. And everybody's going to say, I predicted the one. Mm -hmm. And that's why I just go back to the macro, the big macro on what's the big game that's playing. And is the thesis still sound? So is displacement still happening? Is that, is, that, is that happening? And do we have a system that's preventing it? What would that cause people to do? Because what, one of the things you won't think about in that, when, we're, when you're looking at events, you won't think about how people's minds change, right? I, I use this example all, all the time in, in um, I wanted a BlackBerry, I wanted the buttons on my BlackBerry, I was convinced I would never use an iPhone. And because I never saw an iPhone. And then an iPhone came out, and I changed like that. BlackBerry was dead. And a whole bunch of other people changed like that. BlackBerry was dead. I could have never predicted my change until a new solution mm. was in front of me that I, that I saw. And so 
when you apply all of that with all people minds changing around the world and how that can cascade that butterfly effect cascading from one thing to another how fast this the, the these cycles can change you can't actually pick the grain of sand yeah well that's a good anecdote for the situation we're in for sure what do you think the world actually transitions after let's just call this whole thing over with and what do you view the world looking like post what we're what we're seeing at the moment right now how does this deflationary world operate and how is that completely counterintuitive to how we all tend to think yeah it's almost it's it's almost 100 percent 180 180 degree shift and we will see that um we value things uh that 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 our time is valuable and we'll spend that time as things come down in price We'll spend that time in a whole bunch of it is uh, in a whole bunch of different ways. It'll create a new re- renaissance. It'll create um, uh, for the people in this. And actually, I can already see it when you're when you're investing on top of companies that are building this new new world, like in layer two and three solutions, and what's ha- happening. Mm-hmm. You're seeing all of the innovation coming. And you're seeing what's uh, uh, um, all of the entrepreneurs that are essentially building the bridge to a better world. And so it's really exciting. And I have to, just to shock people out of their, the worldview that they're in, I often ask people um, in, in, in a party, why aren't people around here bringing you oxygen masks and selling <laughs> oxygen to you? Because it's the most valuable thing in your life. They should, you should be able to make a lot of money on that. Right? And, and they go, oh no, that'd be, that'd be crazy. <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> think about all of the other things that are just as crazy because you're not letting prices fall. And so we think it's ludicrous that you, you'd have to sell oxygen where oxygen is abundant. You can only sell oxygen where there's a market for it, like in space or underwater where it's scarce. Yet we're trying to stop with our monetary system, the abundance gained from technology from reaching us. You want insane. That's it. so. So essentially, abund- and you've heard me say this probably, but abundance and money creates scarcity everywhere else. Everywhere else. Yep. Scarcity and money creates abundance everywhere else. It's a really simple concept, but it's true. But it's true, and it's including in energy. It's including in raw materials. If you take that artificial intelligence and you take the robotics, what I was talking about there, it's not like we haven't had increasing energy. It's not like we haven't had reduce reduction in energy costs, fracking, um, a whole bunch of different ways to be more productive in energy storage, production equipment. So why are energy prices so high? And, and energy prices are so high because we have an abundance in money. Mm. It's a profound theme. Yeah, I um, thought it was Putin's price hike. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. One of my favorite parts of Price of Tomorrow and The Greatest Game, the follow-up article, is you just talking about how powerful network effects are and how much of a dramatic improvement is required to make headway on an incumbent monopoly. So one thing you explore in The Greatest Game is we could say that you know centrally controlled fiat currencies have a monopoly on money, and here comes Bitcoin trying to upend that network effect. Um, why does Bitcoin have the 10x plus advantage? Like, what what about this thing is so dramatic that it's going to have a chance of upending a monopoly and a monopoly, mind you, that has all the the guns and aircraft carriers and 
and you know a monopoly over violence you could say this is like an ultra monopoly what what, what gives you the inclination that this thing is gonna upend that system so at the highest level technology um people believe um and by the way when you're investing in technology companies or creating technology companies you're, and you're always going up against the monopolies um you see the same thing the existing world believes in the monopoly that they'll kill the kill the startup sears believed that they uh that they had the advantage blockbuster believed that they had the advantage what what technology does is it offers more value to the people the furthest away from a monopoly. A massive more value mm -hmm. from people furthest away from That's why uh, it starts uh, on the world. margins, yeah. So, so, so who goes first is the people furthest away from the monopoly. And whether that, regard, whether that monopoly regards to money or, or a, a company inside of my, on top of money, it's the, same, it's the same process. And so what's happening with Bitcoin is there was a monopoly on money and the people furthest away from the monopoly of money, El Salvador, makes perfect sense why they would go first because they're most harmed by the by the monopoly of money. And there's a whole bunch of other nations that are most harmed by the monopoly of money that are starting to wake up and 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 make it that make this transition. And so that transition is early, but it's not just nations; it's people in nations that are most hurt. That they move first and it provides them abundance and that's that's just why it, it just if you just looked at that sears versus amazon as an example and your your path to a future brighter world is dependent on your view of that future brighter world but now you have a peer-to-peer -peer network that's let's call it 150 million strong right on on on, on bitcoin growing exponentially that that is it like its own nation that can trade peer to peer and nobody can stop them. Nothing you can do. Um, and more and more, more and more businesses are going to be built on top of that, taking advantage of that peer to peer eco economy. And it's going to form a new peer to peer internet on, on top of that. So it's not just, it's not just money. It's something that is, that is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And, um, I, if you're just if you're listening to your your podcast and you're just hearing this for the first time, it is highly likely that you're looking backwards at Bitcoin and you're looking at the base layer technology that is the the, yeah. the kind of the uh, the the bearer asset, and you're not seeing the 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 innovation that's happening on top of it through lightning or fediment or, or other different technology, tarot, other different technologies that are going to create an entirely new um, future. Just like if you were if you were looking at TCPIP, which was created by DARPA in 1969, right? Didn't didn't actually create the didn't form the World Wide Web until layer four HTTP formed the World Wide Web in, in 1989. That was layer four. And then if you were in 1989, 
most people misjudge what was going to be built on top of that new new foundation and and missed all of the innovation that was going to happen which is really everything that we this podcast right now lives on top of that uh, pro protocol uh, layer so all of that innovation so that innovation that protocol innovation is actually happening and they harden slowly that's what i explore i explore that pretty deeply in 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 that new piece that I asked you to link to, finding signal in a noisy world, um, and so people could, uh, I think it's a good piece to explain where we are and we're early in that change. It also makes me think of you exploring starting narrow and then broadening as you challenge an incumbent network. So you think about, let's go back to the internet example. Even once we're into that fourth layer. Most people in the beginning just saw, you could say that the internet took hold with the email application, right? This is just something that people are exchanging emails. It's just going to obsolete snail mail. Fast forward 20 years and it's inhaled basically all of information worldwide. Yeah. Like who envisioned that early on? You can, yeah, so the wedge got in the door and then, you know, forced the door wide open and then took the whole house to go to a firefighting analogy. Um, and then you think about Bitcoin, if we, you know, transpose that on top, getting entrenched, as you could say, a store of value, hard, inelastic monetary asset, right? And then as you speak of, as we go to, to layers on top of it, realizing, holy shit, this thing may, may take over basically all money applications at some point in the future, but that's really hard to conceptualize that, sitting here and, today. And, and that's just, and when I say all money applications, I mean all applications. I think this this is going to form a new the new internet. It's going to form the new peer-to-peer -peer internet, and and so if you own uh, Bitcoin and, and own it in, in cold storage, uh, but but if you own Bitcoin, effectively what you have is is value of everything that come is built on top of it is going to accrue to that uh, to to that Bitcoin. Now here's an interesting thing that a lot of people miss. You probably don't miss it, but a lot of people do. What they think that means is, is Bitcoin, the holders of Bitcoin have all the power forevermore. And what it actually means is all prices forever fall against Bitcoin. But to be able to gain more Bitcoin, what that means is you need to provide value to society. And otherwise you're distributing your Bitcoin and, and losing your power. Right. Yeah, it will get equally disseminated to everybody, especially if, I mean, if you have a large holding, you can do nothing, but you will be disseminating it. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll be move, you'll be moving it, it, it on. You you will be forced to. Now that's I'm going to put a caveat to that. If you created, it won't happen because of the way that Bitcoin's scaling in layers, and because now you have a peer-to-peer -peer network. But if you created, if you just had the bearer asset and you created a, a, the existing debt-based system on top of the bearer asset, it wouldn't look very much different than the existing system. Right. Jeff, I want to go back for a second and make sure I understood what you were saying. Were you saying that you believe that the internet as it exists now might transition onto something akin to the Lightning Network and actually operate on Bitcoin more holistically? Or was that more of a... Yeah, no. So as it, as it exists, I think that over time, you're going to port onto Bitcoin and a peer-to-peer -peer network. And Simply because it's over. not controlled by anybody. It's an open... Yeah free marketplace. It's, it, yeah, it, it, it's, and so if you see the innovation that's happening on top of that open 
is, uh, marketplace and now the money that's starting to move into it um, you can you can so in ego death capital we've uh, we've seen over 300 companies um, we haven't announced all three that we were in, we've led the investments in, but we announced Fetty and two more are up, uh, upcoming. But if you see some of the innovation and what's what's happening in this space and the entrepreneurs in this space, you just, you're just blown away by, by what's what's coming. Now, add to that, I'm getting calls now from from major major VC funds. One of one of which has said, "I followed your work for a long, long time." Uh, we couldn't invest on top of Bitcoin because there was nothing to invest on top of. There was no way to build on top of it. But now there is, and we'll follow anything you do. And so you, you can see a wall of money now opening up to see to to spark spark that innovation. And what she also said is, we invested in all the altcoin uh, stuff, and we realize it's mostly a scam. We didn't realize it then. We thought you could build on top of it. Um, but um, but we realize that it, 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 a simple question just goes to to on on any of the other things. If you um, if you have to if you're having a centralized um, block blockchain, why wouldn't you use a database? The economic reason alone negates any value for having a having a block running it on a blockchain because somebody has to pay for it. Yeah, there are very few applications for a blockchain. Truthfully, um, yeah, very few. Seems like only one. A lot of these other crypto projects are building, you know, fancy master bathrooms on the third floor with a foundation built on sand. And here come, you know, a few storms have rolled in recently, and here comes Bitcoin. It just keeps building and building, and now we're on the first floor of the house, and things are starting to look pretty. You're starting to see a very viable, robust application layer, which you're hinting to, and. Um, it's it's it is you know move slow don't break things get the base layer right it's the only possible way you're going to challenge the incumbent system if there's any even small crack or hint of instability or centralization right it's going to be it's going to be swallowed up you, when you're up against something this significant decentralization is king and um yeah. there, there just cannot be mistakes at the base but Dan, let's let's dig into that a little deeper because I think it's it's important, uh, really important. Um, humanity has never had decentralization and security together. And and just push push on that or think about that for any of your listeners. It's never existed. So what we did to pr protect ourselves from institutions gaining too much control over ourselves, and that protection that gave us powers power also enabled a free market to be able to deliver more value to society. That protection existed in things like the Magna Carta, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. That, it, it, it's essentially a law, a law that gives rights to individuals, and those rights to individuals powered better economies. And those better economies, um, because the power was in us, and our ideas could manifest, delivered more value to society. All and, and 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 but we had to do that because we could never have decentralization and security together. So we had to trust institutions. But we put those institutions in check with 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 
with Declaration of Independence, Magna Carta, things like that, to be able to stop them from 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 using their power, because we knew, even back in history, we knew that absolute power corrupts. So, but what you have to ask yourself is, and this is what's happening with this decentralization and security together, what you have to ask your, yourself is, and a lot of people don't know this, they think the law protects them. But if the law, but money is way more important than laws. Because, and, and I can prove it, because if it wasn't, where money was most broken would have the best laws. Hmm. Money doesn't protect, so, 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 so what ends up happening is laws are subservient to money because, because, uh, because the people with the money write the laws, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or, or hold people or, or take people off of a money standard, like what Trudeau is trying to do in, in Canada, um, so that they can't even attack the law. They can't even, uh, they don't have a voice. And, and this happens all over the world throughout time. Um, and, and, and it's the first time that we've ever had decentralization and security together, together that, is, um, and that right, uh, that, that right changes everything. It changes the way that we think about institutions because we don't require the same institutions to protect us anymore. And those institutions that were supposed to protect us can't get corrupted by money to harm us. It's interesting that you bring up this entire way of looking at it because the Magna Carta was really the first time in history when we had any kind of freedom written down for the average person and then the constitution kind of kicked it up a notch again and all of the all of the real innovation that's happened in the world all the real leaps and bounds in technological innovation and betterment of humanity has happened in generally in the western world where people are free to benefit from bettering other people the marketplace like the free the freest market in the world and if you look at places like china not to bash them or anything but they generally don't innovate because there's no reward for the individual. I think there, there are a lot of people would look at China right now with recency bias, and they would say that's not true because of the debt that they've. they've there's never been a country that's created uh, so much debt as fast as uh, as, as China. To so so you have this massive push of money that's created uh, created a bunch of innovation. But, but if you look throughout time, if you look at a longer course of history and you just say money is the thing that connects our labor all over the world, the information that connects our labor all over the world, what that would mean is when you had trust in money, like the Declaration of Independence created, Magna Carta created, that trust in information held us together. And that, what, what that meant is you had more minds, essentially you had a supercomputer that could act together because each of us can only, we can't, if we had to do everything to put our meal on the plate that uh, one night, all our day would be food and lodging. Right. But as we, as we connect together through trust, we, uh, we essentially build a supercomputer of minds. And that's why the biggest cities had more compute power based on trust. And the smaller cities, people moved to the bigger cities because there were more opportunities. And smaller cities didn't have, there wasn't much, as much coming out of smaller cities. Smaller towns didn't have as much innovation coming out because we acted together as a supercomputer. And inversely, where money was most broken, you could have a big city and nothing happened. Yeah. Right. And so, 
So these things are completely connected, and that and to 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 I think the point you were you were you're you're saying is that freedom for us our ideas that we would never have otherwise seen, we wouldn't have seen them because they didn't exist, and there's no way to centralize those ideas without a free market is critical to our species evolving. It's absolutely okay. critical because otherwise because otherwise. You have to reduce. You, 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 society must crumble because because it's centralizing power. It's centralizing power has to predict all ideas, not just predict all ideas, predict what we will do on the new ideas. Absolutely. Where I was going to go with that is that the difference this time between those uh, constructs is that this is uneffable. Like this, this is an effigy that can't be deviated by any amount of money like bitcoin doesn't change no matter who wants to change it or how much yeah. money they have to change it whereas laws and constitution can be yeah it's actually it's actually why central bank digital currency will not work it'll be tried it'll be tried in a whole bunch of places but it cannot work um functionally with what we just talked about it's impossible it, it must it must de uh, deliver less to you every single person of society, except for the people that are right at the top controlling that. You could say that in a lot of ways, centralization inhibits mankind's hive mind. You know, you're talking about the supercomputer a second ago. Like when we're throwing out words like decentralization and permissionless, what we're really talking about is freedom, freedom to innovate, right? And this is probably what's unique sitting in your seat at Ego Death Capital looking at all these innovators and there, there's still a lot of red tape like a lot of these companies still have to adhere to regulation but they're build they're building on top of a base layer monetary protocol with exponentially fewer rules than say the fiat system right if someone sits here today and says josh and i have a brilliant idea to take banking to the next level and challenge you know chase and city like good fucking luck right but if you have an idea it can be built ideated and tried on the bitcoin protocol by yourself in your basement and it can be utilized by people internationally without permission from anyone right and so as a result of this this permissionlessness this freedom inherently leads to exponential innovation that's a lot of what we've gotten at yeah, and, and there'll be a transition period from old system to new system that doesn't look like that because because there's going to be so much damage created um, from the from the existing system. But inside the new system, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see this crazy uh, exponential innovation. You're seeing it. Uh, I know there's probably not a lot you can share. What's kind of blowing your mind the most in the seat you're in? Yeah, it's it's how much is happening here broadly how much is happening here and it's coming from everywhere it's so exciting um where when you see um it's not just wallet applications it's it's applications that um if you if you talk about fediment as an example fediment and tarot and lightning together are going to create a whole bunch of different use cases that we can't even see today um and 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 those use cases are going to expand and entrepreneurs are going to take advantage of those and create other uh, other use cases um and and that interoperability 
Um, some of it, it, it like you're gonna people are gonna there's gonna be people are gonna hit walls. People are they're gonna have to overcome ad, advantage or, uh, uh, barriers and everything else. But that is coming, and lots and lots of innovation is is coming to the space as a result of it. One thing I find interesting in in the space is investing in the space is knowing this, knowing that when you're investing in a company in the Bitcoin ecosystem that has to deliver value to others to stay relevant. Um, then they're actually, over time, the thing that they are building can't create a monopoly. It can't. Yeah, it's it, not so, really possible. So what ends up happening is they're, they'll, they'll, uh, they're, they're going to create themselves out of existence unless they continue to innovate. Because the thing that they're delivering, based on, even if you looked at Lightning and all the different Lightning instances, it's open source. Um, right. So other people can create c competitors that constantly push the, down the, the, the price of things, that the only way that you can, can stay in business for a, long, for a long time is to offer more and more value and attack other industries that are high more margin monopolies. So you, you, drive, you drive that ecosystem across, the, across everything. The result of all of that is prices continue to fall for all society, and it's a natural process. Do you have any concerns about Bitcoin in, in general? Like, what do you think its weakness is um, if the government really did want to take this thing down? What, what are your worries about it in general is what I'm asking. Um, in the in the short term, I don't have any uh, worries. In the long term, I think even in China, with hard clampdown Bitcoin mining, twenty percent of the hash rate is still in China. Crazy! It's 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 crazy. Crazy! Twenty percent of the hash rates in China, and they they did every they threw everything in the kitchen sink at it. It's probably government yeah. officials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it probably that serious. It's human nature. It's it's human nature. If you don't think that that's going on, you're naive, man. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the mistake that's made in insulary groups is thinking everybody else is an idiot. It's made in Bitcoin yeah. all the time. And I'm telling you, the people running these nation states are not idiots. They're a, lot of, a lot of them are hyper-intelligent, and they understand the potential. At least some of them understand the potential implications. I, I, if, I'm guessing it's going on. If it's not, it's going to be going on. A lot of backdoor mining with nobody knowing about it. A lot of stacking Bitcoin on backdoor sovereign balance mining. sheets without yeah. without any citizen knowing about it. You know. And then what? But but one thing right now with uh, with the U.S. and Russia just recently saying they're going to accept crypto broadly for for oil and gas. Now does that create a? Does that create? Um, Miners in the uh, in the U.S. kind of being KYC and everything else, and and forcing them not to approve other blocks. Yeah. yeah. So that, that would be a thing, small impediment, though. I mean, that would just maybe delay a block. That's actually why. That's, but I just you, we have to pull it out, right? Yeah. You asked yeah. kind of what what is a thing. I've got one, and just to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. You guys are familiar with what happened with Tornado Cash? Was an open source developer who is now in prison. That is the the largest area of of the you know, fanny in the air, in my opinion. Like these these developers start getting heat, and they're going to have to either pretend that they're not doing it anymore or stop doing it altogether. That that's a concerning point for me. Yeah, and 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 again, I don't want to comment specifically on Tornado Cash. Um, the I, I think that uh, so. 
that is obviously the wrong thing, putting said developer <laughs> in the jail. I think he was thumb in the eye of a whole bunch of. Uh, sure, he was. And I and and he won't stay in jail as a result of this. Um, I, I I suspect, but um, but but all of this, I can I can see what's happening even in Fediment as a result of it, and and so people just move underground more. Right. And they, they go and Satoshi. They, they continue to develop, and the and, and what that uh, what that says is as as the U.S. is weakening, and the only and think of what's happening from a from the highest level. What you're saying is the only reason the existing system survives is based through a, a more and more co coercion, and that coercion has to expand at a greater and greater rate, which means. It's going to amplify more and more people understanding what's happening. Yes, and it's mm -hmm. going to create the the. It's going to create the it's exact like Chinese finger trap form. Exact opposite effect that you you think it is. Yep. Jeff, let's end here. Um, you're obviously extremely passionate about entrepreneurship, and I think most people are familiar. But your your background's insanely robust. You you built a half a billion dollar company from the ground up in your garage you've sat on tons of boards through the years you know talking about your vc work now um what message do you have to bitcoin entrepreneurs people that have an idea or are searching for an idea and want to add value to this space what, what would your message be to them what mistakes have you seen what what direction would you push them um, I've written about this in a couple of the different posts in different ways. Like in, in, in The Greatest Game, I talked about where a, I see a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong. They try to do everything right away. Mm. And, you, and, 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 and being the biggest fish in a small overlooked pond is normally the best way to expand into to a bigger, uh, bigger pond or lake. The, so so, so win, a, win a market first. And that win a market is... What, what delivers the most value to other people that they can't say no to? Just do that. Don't think about yourself at all. Think about what am I going to do and be really ruthless. And if you're getting feedback that is, this isn't delivering value, it's not the world conspiring against you, it's you conspiring against the world. So deliver value. And, and then when I say that, then test that hypothesis over and over and over again talk to vcs talk to talk to other people say if i built this and it looked like this what would it what it would look uh, would you use it how much would you pay for it what would that look would this make a difference in in your life and a lot of people say no that doesn't but it, it won't it won't work and and don't just naturally jump away push back push back push back but refine your pitch refine your way of talking about your idea over and over and over again but ultimately the highest thing is build value for others well said jeff this we could go forever <laughs> uh we won't we'll have you back on again some other time uh maybe we'll hey we'll bring you down here we'll see what you got wake surfing josh has a wake surfing boat yeah i successfully broke someone's finger from work yeah, out of this year. he's an aggressive boat handler jeff <laughs> um, he's just got a limp wrist you know it's he's got a week off you week do grip, not want to go it. tubing on the back of josh's boat that's how you end a firefighting career jeff um as <laughs> you go tubing on the back of josh's boat you'll be fine yeah give us a handoff we'll link that out in the new article which somehow we haven't read josh we reread the price of tomorrow and other I don't things know how we, 
We a couple of degenerates one. didn't read your, your most recent article, but hand off to you, your work, what you want our audience to know about here as we close. We should have just said we did. Yeah, we should have lied. We fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, uh, I think, follow me at Jeff Booth uh, on Twitter. That's probably that's probably best. Awesome. The longer we're around you, the more we resonate with your perspective. And uh, as we set off the top, these are fun ideas to explore, but they're also maybe the most important thing going on in the world right now. Um, numbers and money matter a, a shit ton, and they have a lot of implications, and we need an upgrade, gentlemen. We're going uh, to look back on this time and all of the people in this space um, and all of the uh, all of the great people in this space and and look back at those were the days like this is a really exciting time to be in this space and and so i couldn't be i've learned more from people in this space than i've given i've given gotten more than i've given well we certainly have as well yeah we just get to sit here and ask questions and learn from the best without really developing anything of substance we're just free riders over here yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're basically leeches <laughs> leeches on bitcoin yeah every new shirt. every one of us is a node in the new system yep. every one of us counts <laughs> thanks jeff thanks very much yeah. thanks so much for listening into the show if you enjoyed this discussion be sure to like or subscribe on whatever app you're using for podcasts or on youtube and if you have an extra minute go ahead and leave us a review we are also active on Twitter at blue underscore collar BTC and our email address is blue collar Bitcoin podcast at gmail.com. We invite questions, comments, or inquiries of any kind. We look forward to you joining us again on the BCB podcast.